Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. Ultimately, why did we decide to, to focus on Steve? Just a couple points here. One is we think he's a really good pitcher. Two, he's left-handed. Three, he throws strikes. Four, we think he'll take advantage of our defense and our ballpark. Five, we think he's a winner. And six, he's a good person. And so that led us to where we are today. Well, that is uh, John Mosaloc just kind of summing it up right there. Didn't it, you know? You don't need to go into great detail as to why you have a, a signing. You just give the six reasons. The six reasons that he gave, I liked all of them. Don't get me wrong. My but favorite th- was the sixth. Good person. <laughs> He's a good person. Good person. Uh, I like good people too. I just like him to throw strikes. That's right. Um, so I like three and four which is three was throw strikes, which he does and has done that fairly consistently in his career. And four was use the defense. And I don't know about you, BK. I hate good person. Great. But last time I checked, this isn't about saints and angels and every, I, I get me some people that can ball, baby. Get me people that throw strikes. I'm with you. Okay. Um, he's a, he's a great fit here in St. Louis. I, I went back. You're going to have him on your show. And the first thing you're going to say to him is Steven, I've heard you're a great person. That's right. And that's I'm, why the Cardinals gave you $44 million. I'm actually, the, the first thing that I want to ask him about is his speed. Um, and I heard you, that. You may laugh, you. but I'm actually serious. Jim Riggleman told us yesterday, he thinks he's faster than Harrison Bader. So I want to see if we can put together a sprint between he Bader and Tyler O'Neill. And then if we could throw in Yadier Molina, just for good measure, uh, I think that'd be good fun. Here's the problem, though, if you do that. If one of those guys gets a bad hammy, you will never get a guest from the Cardinals ever again. They're going to say, BK, you set up this sprint, and now the guy popped his hamstring? Yeah, I'm going to guess with you, dog? Mo's probably putting the kibosh on that one. <laughs> um, however, as for Steven Matz, the player, and how he fits into what the Cardinals are building right now, you look back at the offseason and some of the options that the Cardinals have. If what Mo said is true, and we can take him at his word, they were looking for a lefty that threw strikes. Well, here were the guys that kind of fit into that criteria, specifically with the lefty portion of this. It's Carlos Rodon, Robbie Ray, Eduardo Rodriguez, Alex Wood, Tyler Anderson, Andrew Heaney, Drew Smiley. Those are pretty much the seven pitchers not named Steven Matz that could have fit into that category. Uh, Dan, I I think they got the best option, given the bang for your buck that we're talking about here. I I think they went to the market. They looked for a specific type of pitcher that can best utilize their defense behind him, and they got him. I think it was a really good move, and I'm glad that they got it done. So I was doing uh, some numbers here this morning, and I know you love when I do some numbers. my favorite thing you do, Dan. Okay. So the Mets, since Friday, they have spent uh, $254.5 million dollars. That's a lot of money. Uh, now we're looking at the investment by the Rangers, over a half billion for a couple players. The other four NLS, uh, NL East teams combined, the Marlins, Braves, Nats, Phillies, are at $82 million combined. That's kind of shocking to me that, uh, like, for instance, Freddie Freeman is not with the Braves yet. What's the holdup? Um, the Nats, Apparently the sixth year is yes, the holdup. I, I understand that, but you know what I mean. I Just make it happen. Yeah. Uh, the Marlins, though, they've been the one that's kind of spent a little money here. 
The Phillies, I think, will spend some money before it's all said and done. Um, the Mets, by the way, looking at odds, because I like the Vegas odds, are plus 1,100 to win the 22 World Series. Second best odds behind the Dodgers. You find that surprising? Because I still think they need a little work with their team. It's a very good team with Marte, Kana. Uh, now you add, obviously, Max Scherzer. Do they go and get Mac, uh, bring back Marcus Stroman? Maybe they do. It's interesting, but they're, they they have the second best odds right now. I saw a report over the weekend or over the last 24 hours or so. Apparently, Stroman doesn't have a whole lot of interest from either the Mets or the Blue Jays, which I find interesting. That's a red flag to me sometimes Absolutely. when your former teams yes. don't have interest in bringing you back. So just put that one in the back of your head, Cardinals fans, as you're, you're thinking about did the Cardinals miss out on Stroman? I think he's a really good pitcher. I would have liked to have had him. I think that's something worth keeping in mind. As for your question on the Mets specifically, their upside is as good as anybody. Pete Alonso. By the way, they're going to get Robinson Cano back this year, too. The problem with the Mets is the downside. Because if things go south for them, if their guys can't stay healthy, and specifically DeGrom, and we'll see what happens with Scherzer, I think he's going to be great for them. I'd say Lindor, too. Absolutely. If things go south, the floor is completely bottoming out, especially in that market, because when things go poorly, as we saw last year, it can really go poorly quickly for you. So I I don't think that the odds are necessarily wrong because the upside is there for them to win the World Series. The problem is the downside's there that they could miss the playoffs as well. I don't feel that way about the Dodgers. I don't feel that way about the Cardinals. I think you could throw the Brewers maybe into that mix. I think they're all going to be pretty darn good next year regardless. The Mets I just have a lot of questions about. By the way, did some other numbers for you, too. I, I think you'll find it fairly fascinating out there. Um, it'll be basically 13 grand a pitch for Max Scherzer. Whew. So I, I was looking at assuming he makes 32 starts over the three years every year. Let's say he goes 100 pitches per start. Uh, you're looking at about 13 grand per pitch. It's a pretty good payday. <laughs> it's it's a good gig if you can get it yeah dan a little bit of news in the nl central i find this to be interesting the cubs have reportedly signed jan gomes to a two-year deal worth 13 million dollars are we gonna see a big trade coming from the cubs here pretty soon in terms of what's his face the uh the name's escaping me right now contreras oh wilson contreras I mean, you don't sign a catcher to a six and a half million dollar per year deal he's gonna to play. be a backup, right? Typically, and that was the guy that they felt of that group. And by the way, we should mention Javi Baez has signed with the Tigers on a deal that essentially was the deal he was offered by the Cubs two years ago. It's about the same numbers, same length, the whole the whole nine yards. So he leaves, Bryant leaves, Rizzo leaves, and the people I talked to at the end of the year, we saw the Cubs, and I was talking to some of their folks that cover that team every day, just trying to get background on what's happened. I said, what do you you think they do? And they said, well, it looks like Wilson Contreras is the guy that they want to kind of build around. They feel that they that would be the the centerpiece guy that they decide to bring back and and have them make sure that they keep him long-term. But now if you sign Jan Gomes for that, I, yeah, that that's a bit surprising. Yeah, I'm with you. I think maybe that's something you look at. I wonder sure. if they're going into a full tank mode now. Like, they, they were already going to be bad. Don't get me wrong. But if you trade Wilson Contreras, what do you have? I mean, what are you selling to the fans other than the Wrigley experience? That's, that's always going to be a selling yeah. point, especially Friday afternoon games. I get that. 
But if you don't have Wilson Contreras to go to the field to watch, man, that is going to be a rough like two, three, maybe four years before they even start in their upswing once again. Uh, that's that's something worth monitoring. I can't imagine that gets done now. It's probably something that would take place after uh, they get the CBA done. But that feels like a preemptive strike. And that's something that the players are saying we can't have this anymore. You know, Scott Boris was saying there were 17 teams that were trying to compete last year. We can't have tanking. We can't have what Houston did. We can't have what the Cubs did. And all of a sudden get these draft choices, unload contracts. And I'm talking about the Cubs from years ago. And then be able to sign players. Eventually, you're going you're gonna to spend. But tanking, we need to get it out of the system. So I was looking, if, if you include the Baez deal, it's about $1.7 billion in guaranteed wow. contracts already which that will go past what it was in 2019, which is roughly around $2 billion in free agent deals, most ever. So nearly a billion dollars has been spent by the industry on free agents in the last 36 hours. It's incredible. And you've, you've still got really big names that are out there. I mentioned one of them. Freddie Freeman's going to cash in. Uh, you obviously have Carlos Correa who's going to cash in. I mean, there's some pretty big names out there, BK, that still have not been signed. And what you may have once the deadline comes and goes, and again, they cannot talk to them. Teams cannot talk to them, can't talk to their agents, is that when they do open up for business prior to spring training, whenever that is, it's going to be a free-for-all to get some of these guys signed. Yeah, according to MLB Trade Rumors' top 50 free agent list, 23 of them have signed so far. So you've still got 27 that right. are out there among the top 50. That's just according to one list, but it's kind of based on the market. So uh, that's more than half of the guys that are in the top 50 that have not yet signed, and it's already one of the most robust off-seasons that we've seen in the history of baseball. And they're about to shut things down. And people are saying, now, why would you have all that spending, the players getting this money and shut this thing down? Well, the union you know, represents people more, you know, outside of Max Scherzer. You're representing people that need jobs and trying to get uh, catch on with the team and make the major league minimum. I, I think it's going to be interesting in the next couple of months if teams are, excuse me, if players who normally would get the spring training invite if they say, the heck with this, I got to do what's best for me and my family and go make money, I'm going to Japan. I think we're going to see some of that. You know, I, I can't wait for them to decide on February 1st that I may or may not have an invite to spring. I've got to go get a guaranteed contract somewhere and go play. My window to make money is very short. You also might see some guys taking minor league deals during this time because from what I understand... They can still sign the minor league contracts even during the shutdown. It's Correct. the major league deals Correct. that'll be completely shut down because minor leaguers are not covered under the MLBPA, those agreements that are taking place with Major League Baseball. So you might see some guys as well that you otherwise would expect to sign major league contracts. They get those spring training invites, yep. minor league deals that become maybe a major league deal down the line with a wink and a handshake. And that I think we could see some of that as well. It's uh, a lot of the top tier older players, by the way, getting paid. Simeon, 31 years old. Scherzer is 37. Gosman, 30. Just got over 100 million. So it's interesting time right now in Major League Baseball. Coming up, we're going to talk about the uh, signing of Steven Matz with Rick Horton, broadcaster for the St. Louis Cardinals. That's next on 101 ESPN. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. with Rick Horton and he is one of the voices of Cardinals baseball on radio and television and Rick happy holidays to you and yours how are things going 
Oh, it's great, Danny, and good to chat with you. Uh, it's just been a been a nice few weeks here. Enjoyed uh, Thanksgiving, of course, and uh, just kind of enjoying kind of the off time. But uh, before we know it, we'll start talking about baseball in earnest again. I uh, I'm, I'm going to spoil it for you. I got you a Christmas present because I know you're an oh, NBA great. fan, and and yeah. you truly are an NBA fan. Uh, I, I got you Big Baller brand apparel, and it's oh. from the Lonzo Ball family. Oh uh, well, you know I'm I'm wearing a New York Knicks. Um, um, actually a shirt right now Is that right? in my backyard. Oh yeah. And it, oddly, I got this Knicks thing directly from the Knicks clubhouse via the Cardinal trainer who knew I liked the, the Knicks. So is it a Jersey? So already, I, I, no, it's not a Jersey. It's like a pullover and it's cool. really pretty sharp and, and no, you can't have it. I All wanted right. to imagine Rick Horton walking around in a, a full on, like the, the Jersey with Charles <laughs> tank top Jersey. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was hoping for. Maybe a headband, yeah. some long socks. I yeah. thought that would be a good look for him. Yeah, I'm sure people are not really excited about trying to imagine that in their brain. <laughs> so, well, we we'll, better move from that. So let's. Uh, Stephen Matz was on uh, the show this yeah. morning, and the press conference was yesterday. BK is going to visit with Stephen Matz uh, coming up in about two hours or so. Um, so the Cardinals get a lefty that throws strikes, and you and I talked about it a ton. Boy, if you can find a pitcher that throws strikes, you're probably going to have success. And it looks like that's what they got in Stephen Matz. Well, you've got all the gold glovers behind him, which is, I think is if I'm a sinker ball pitcher, I want to pitch in a place like St. Louis. And St. Louis has proven to be, as we all know, even more of a pitcher's ballpark than we thought when when the park first came out. I think it's just gotten more that way. I don't know if it's the uh, development going on, but it, it's just hard to get it out of Bush Stadium right now. So if you're a pitcher, why not come here? And, uh, you know, one of the things I like about Steven Match, well, my first thought about him was I remember Ron Darling telling me as a young pitcher, where do you see this guy? He's our best. He's better than all those big-name guys that throw hard. This guy can flat-out pitch. Now, he's had injuries, uh, but, you know, I've never forgot Ron telling me that. And and I think, you know, last year he kind of had a little bit of a breakout and, you know, maybe the injuries behind him. But just nice to have a guy that's got a little bit of a veteran status on your team, too, that throws strikes. And Cardinals uh, certainly found that last year with Happ and Lester. But I think this is more obviously of a long-term solution to that. Ricky, I, one thing that surprised me a little bit is there are some Cardinals fans, and honestly, a lot of people nationally that still view the Cardinals as needing another starting pitcher. I I don't feel that way. I feel pretty good about this five-man rotation and then the depth that they have with Woodford and potentially Reyes, Oviedo, Liberator by midseason or so. How do you feel about the rotation that they have assembled at this point? I think right now you're good. I, I don't know that you need to add somebody now. And you can actually add Jordan Hicks to that list, which I know is kind of an outlier to think about, you know, him as a starter. But, you know, I, I think that's certainly within the realm of possibility that he might come back that way, assuming that, you know, he gets through his arm issues. But, uh, you know, I, I think you would wait to add another pitcher until you know you need one. I think uh, I think that's where I would feel about that. You get match, you've got you've got a lot of veteran guys. And, of course, we all know you never have enough pitching and somebody might go down. But, you know, I think at this point, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's a, a, hu- a huge need. Uh, you'd like to have, well, you'd like to have lockdown guys in your bullpen. I, you know, and, and of course, the bullpen became a strength towards the end of the year for the Cardinals. Wasn't at the beginning. It became one, then faltered a bit. But uh, you also uh, don't have enough guys uh, throwing 99 in your bullpen either. No question. I um, I do think it's fascinating, and maybe part of the, the idea of Hicks going to be a starter is to keep him healthy um, and that you're not going to pitch him on back-to-back days and that there's a regiment there, there's a schedule there. Ricky, you've, you've been there. You've been a reliever. You've yeah. been a starter. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that makes some sense? 
Yeah, I think it does. But but I even go past that, Danny, and I agree with everything that you just said. But I but I had a visit with uh, Mark Dijon, who used to run the minor leagues with the Cardinals, and his, his, we had a very frank conversation. And one of the things he said is, "Look, we groomed him to be a starter in the big leagues, and that's what he should be." And he and he was not mincing words about that. Now, of course, you know, time and circumstances changed. He got to the big leagues young. He was you know throwing uh, harder than anybody in baseball, and we were all getting the wow factor with that. But he he believed that with his stuff, with the slider that he had and with the changeup that he had as a young pitcher, that, that he was destined to be a frontline big league starter. So, I, you know, I think that that's, you know, I, DJ is a guy I respect a lot, and uh, I think, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that tried out perhaps. What do you think the role is next year in a best-case scenario for Alex Reyes? Boy, that's a good question. I, th- I think the best case for him is to be uh, to start out kind of as a middle guy, you know, that he's going to throw two or three innings, you know, you think of him as the closer. I think maybe there's a, there's going to be some fresh uh, wounds there that that's going to be in his mind and, and maybe even everybody else's mind. But you know, I, I do think he, he's another guy. And DJ would have said, Mark DeJohn again would have said, Alex Reyes should be a, a big league starter too. And uh, so you know, I think the more he throws innings wise and the more he's stretched out, I think it's better for him command wise, and it'll help him to, to keep from overthrowing, which is really kind of what he needs to do. Sometimes when he overthrows. He doesn't. He does. He, his, his pitches are fatter, and the slider hangs. And well, you know, you see what happens. But you know, you also know how dominant can be. He's an all-star for goodness sakes. But you know, I, I'd like to see him start as your just your lockdown kind of two or three inning guy in the middle of a game, and and you know, see if that works. Uh, you know, Ricky, you had such a. Uh, a great life in baseball when you're playing on really good teams and different roles and championships. And then also the business side Um, for people that don't know that you were a player rep. And so you were in the meetings of what we're all hearing about right now, which is the potential of a lockout and going back and forth with this CBA. Right. Can you describe that? I mean, as a player right now, put yourself in a play. And I understand the times have changed, but the premise is the same. It's, it's, you know, the players and the owners trying to come up with an agreement. What is that like? What are these conversations like? And what is it like as a player to kind of be, you know, you're on the outside looking in a little bit and trying to figure out what's going to happen? I think on the outside looking in is a very good way to describe 95% of players during a moment like this, because what you do and what we did then, and I, and I don't believe it's any different right now is, you know, 95% of the players trust the 5% that are the leaders in the, in the union. And they just trust you to deal with, the issues and to deal with all the people involved and and really what they want back from you is communication communication in our day was pretty hard i had to make phone calls all day long i mean call everybody on the roster and say here's what's going on with the and that was my job was to communicate to the players and they would basically say you know not that they're trusting me but they're trusting the 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 the, the executive committee they're trusting the negotiating committee which i was on they're trusting the the uh, the union reps and so but they do want to know what's going on they want some communication because they got to plan out their life so I think it's a little bit of limbo is the best way I can describe it for most players players like Andrew Miller who are very involved in the union he's going to be the guy that well he's dealing with all the details and they're and they're getting feedback from him about what he thinks players really care about and you know the, the good news so far with all of this is different than when I was involved in it. There's very little coming out of either camp about it, which I think is a good thing. What have you made of all the activity that we've seen over the last really 72 hours or so going yeah. into what is potentially, I guess, kind of being ser- served as a deadline tomorrow? Yeah, boy, that, it's really striking, isn't it? All these big, huge deals and, and not just 
big deals, but long deals too. And you know, the Seeger deal and 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 buy. I mean, these are long deal, these are long term commitments. I, I view that as a positive uh, from the owner's point of view in terms of what you know they're betting on. Uh, they're betting on this being a, a good thing, and the players, I think. Uh, you know, betting on the, the stability of the market and owners as well. So I feel like that's a positive sign. And, and it is interesting how the uh, the end of the basic agreement has become like a – not the trade deadline, but it's become – it became just this hard deadline where all of a sudden everybody said, wait a minute, let's get it done now uh, before we get into this little dark period here. Uh, and I, I think the fact that a lot of big names have, have gone is really good for the player's side, really good for the game. I, I still think we're going to have um... – a normal spring training. Maybe I'm naive here, Ricky, and I think uh, we'll have a regular season that plays out a full season. There's just too much money to be made, and we're seeing that right now, and I I just can't see the sport shutting down. Yeah, I've been around you a long... Danny, we've been friends for decades, and the last word I would use to describe you would be naive. (laughs) You're you're saying that, and I'm agreeing with you uh, based on just the all the factors involved here there's you know there's yeah there's issues there's a you know just you know whether you're going to use the dh and then and roster sizes and men handling young players and tanking and blah 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 i mean there's all kinds of issues that they're talking about and there's always issues there's always going to be issues but it just seems like the, the pie is so big right now and 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 I, and you don't sense the acrimony that we've had in the past so uh at least not publicly so I, i'm very optimistic about it and um, I guess if you're naive, so am I. So what, what rules would you like to see? You know, is, is a guy that's played this game a long time and broadcast a long time, the bigger bases, uh, pitch clock, DH, any of them, what, what do you want to see and what do you think comes in? Well, I'm not, I, I don't like the DH, but I'm, I'm warming to the fact that it's coming. So I, I'm, I'm just kind of given up on that. I've just said, okay, enough is enough. I, I feel like that's going to come to the National League and it's going to create a different style of game. But if you do that, I, I like, you know, Mike Schilt was talking uh, in, in, towards the end of the season about, you know, one of the ideas floating about, about minimi- uh, lowering the number of pitchers that are available on a given day. I like that thought because it just it, it forces you to throw a guy two or three innings instead of using eight pitchers a game, which means you've got seven of them throwing as hard as they can for 10 pitches, which, you know, that's not baseball. That's that's something you do at a carnival. That's not something you do in baseball. And, and I think we're, we've got to – kind of manage the bullpen differently i think if, if you're talking about we we all want to change the pace of the game and the speed of the game and the and the feel of the game and you just don't want you know 15 commercial breaks after the seventh inning you, you kind of give up caring about it frankly and so I th- i'd like to see something done there uh but you know the dh I, I think it's coming i don't care about the big bases i don't care about all the kind of the tricked up rules i think you just let baseball be baseball i'm not even really in favor of of, of changing the shifts, I think you just uh, let let hitters figure out how to beat it, in which I think they're starting to do. Okay, you always say I'm in uh, your head. You were in my head as I was watching the 30 for 30 once upon a time in Queens. And for fans that don't know, Ricky grew up a Mets fan and then was in the heated rivalry of the 80s Mets, which is based on that team and, and Davey Johnson. And it brought back a ton of memories for me watching that because I watched it firsthand as a fan. I loved it. The Mets and the Cardinals and that great rivalry. Have you seen that yet? Have you seen any not, of it? I still have not seen that yet. I've had several relatives saying they can see me in the background. Yes. Several of the, and, and so I've not seen that. But, you know, it is funny to, to see something you've actually lived. But but I, I know they'll get I'll get nuances of, of differences. But I, I and I do plan on watching it. And I'm actually excited to watch it, too, uh, because that was great 
baseball. It was heated baseball, as you mentioned. You know, we, we know that the Cardinals and Cubs have had their issues, and now it's Cardinals and Brewers, too. But, boy, the Cardinal Met stuff from the 80s was just very open from from the players to the manager to you name it. There was all kinds of stuff going on, uh, and it was it was a blast, really, for, I think, the fans and the players. It was awesome. Yeah, make sure you do it and let me know what you think, because I'm curious what you think. You bet. Hey, hey, buddy, thanks for hopping on. Really appreciate it. Happy holidays to you and yours, and uh, I'm sure we're going to catch up very soon, probably this afternoon. You bet. Good to be with you guys. Thanks, Ricky. That's uh, Rick Horton. Does a great job on uh, Cardinal baseball. It is interesting, you know, when you think about going through. We haven't had a labor stoppage since '94. It's crazy. Yeah, and all the other sports have had it: NBA, NFL, hockey. Hell, hockey missed a season. I mean, you, you know, that's the one thing that baseball, with all its wards, can hang their hat on and say, "We have missed games. We played." And uh, I think that's important. And that's one of the reasons that Rob Manford is in the position he's in. He's a labor negotiator. He's a labor lawyer. Now, I think he needs some help on the PR side of things to deliver his message to the diehard fans and saying, hey, we're trying to get the deal done as quickly as possible so we can get back to business. But it is fascinating, man, to see what's going to happen now, uh, basically in the next 24 to 36 hours. Have you seen the expanded playoff proposal that I was floated get into yesterday? That. You want to talk sh- about that on the other yeah, side? Yeah, I was going to get into it because I think it's really interesting. I, I do like the idea of expanded playoffs. I'm not necessarily in agreement with the one that I read about yesterday. So well, we won't see this because we saw it. Yeah, <laughs> This will not be the way that it ends up going because anything that gets floated publicly typically is just on arrival. Yeah. It's kind of how that works. You also get kind of the uh, the the pulse, if you will, when you float sure. something out there to see what people would say. Can't get enough cards talk? You've come to the right place. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. Yesterday, we uh, visited with Jesse Rogers and uh, does a great job covering MLB for ESPN. He's based out of Chicago. And then later in the day, he had a very interesting piece uh, that was reported by Jesse. And it was about negotiations for the next CBA and talking about postseason play. The format would call for, you're going to have to follow me here, 14 teams, seven from each league to make the playoffs. The team with the best record in each league would get a buy into the best of five division series. Now, I'm going to start with that. That would concern me if I win because I don't want a lot of time off, which I've seen firsthand with the Cardinals of 06, uh, and you're the Detroit Tigers. You don't want a lot of time off. There's momentum in terms of winning. Yes, you want to win because you're going to get home field advantage, which is part of this, but I don't want a lot of time off. So the remaining two division winners would get the pick, their wild card opponent from the bottom three wild card teams. So first team, best record in the league, they get the bye. The next two teams, the two other division winners, I get to choose among the four wild card teams who I'm playing in that first round. Now, here's what I immediately thought about that is that you talk about bulletin board material and uh, chip on your shoulder with that team you're going to face. You're saying that you want to play us because you don't think we're good enough. I thought that was a problem. I, I think oh, that I is think a serious problem. Uh, the division winner would then the second best record would pick first. Number three seed in the league, as you mentioned, the opponent from the final two wildcard teams. The wildcard team with the best record would play the wildcard team that wasn't picked by a division winner. And the matchups are set. The higher seeded teams would host all three games. I like that in a best of three wildcard round. 
I do think because there needs to be incentive. So the, the union will have a problem with this because you're going to say, now, wait a minute, 83, 84, 85 win teams can get in. And as we know, anything can happen when you're in. So what's last the in- year, this would have included the Reds and the Phillies. So Those what, would have been the teams. I what's your in. incentive then to put out the best product, meaning best product a lot of times means spending the most money. Not always, but in most cases, it's you got your better team is going to be because you have better players. The better players are making the most money. So what's the incentive to go out and do that? I do like the idea, though, of if you have wild card teams that the higher seed of the wild card gets to host. So I think that's important. So there's a uh, incentive to have home field advantage for the three games. So it's a three game series at your home ballpark. You got to win two out of three. That's incentive to finish ahead of the next team. It's why the Dodgers were pushing hard to win the division this year. There was incentive to go out and win the division. I think that's important. Now, do I think there's flaws with this? Yes. I don't think you should be picking your opponent. I don't think that's the right way to do it. But would it make it interesting? Yes. Uh, do I like the idea of expanded playoffs? Yes, I do. I, I The one thing I, I, I took away from the pandemic shortened season was that the postseason with expanded playoffs, I like that. And there is incentive then. at The, I, the other way I would look at it too, BK, is that if I'm one of those teams that's hovering around 500, i.e. the Atlanta Braves, now they did it because they felt they could get their division. But if I'm one of those teams, even in a really tough division, that I go out and make a run and I got a chance to be one of these 14 teams, I'm going to go out and make some trades. I'm going to go out and add payroll. So I think there's a, a the flip side of this, too, is that it could be beneficial for the sport in that regard. I want to believe what you're saying. I really do. I, I want to believe that these teams that are close or that are on the cusp of really getting there, they, they'd go for it. The problem is when you get to the trade deadline, I think there will be so many teams that are in contention for those final spots. It's hard to know if you're really in it or not. For sure. And so the teams that would actually still be going for it are – the same as we have okay, seen in so previous then years. Would you move back the trade deadline? Maybe. Maybe. You know, maybe you go in the middle of August. Um, maybe you go late August. So you, you load up for the final month. Maybe that's something to think about, too. Now, you're taking a risk because you're going to have to give up a lot of prospects for maybe renting a guy for a month. And maybe that changes the value and what you want to trade back. So it does change the dynamics of it. But the idea of expanded playoffs, I think, is good. I like it. I I mean, do you remember, like, okay, when you were growing up, you could have a bad April, and you're done. Yeah. So you got five months of just watching, like, games that don't mean anything. Now, you may have some individual performances. You may have a great pitcher. But for for the better part of five months, you had a terrible month. You're out. The tough that part, was no though, fun. is because there is definitely truth to that, Dan. But I've also watched in the last three years now. The Braves had a terrible first three months of the season. Won the World Series last year. Yeah, the Nationals two years ago now. Twenty nineteen. That's kind of my point. They went for it though at the deadline. They felt they could win that division. Yeah, but but they also had that bad month that you're talking about, and they go on to win the World right. Series. So I I don't know that you need to expand the playoffs as a result of that. I. I could see going to six, maybe. I think seven is a lot, man. 14 teams making the playoffs in baseball, where the regular season really matters. I don't know that I want to devalue that for this specific sport. Football expanding playoffs is a little different. You could get into the playoffs, whatever. We'll see what happens. I I don't want to get to the point where you've got, like last year, the the Phillies, the Reds, those teams in the postseason with a chance to be able to go on a run. The Phillies would have been scary to me. 
I guess I, I didn't, I, I don't know, man. I, I didn't ever feel like, Oh, this is the team that's going to have a run in them. I, I don't know that we need to go to seven teams in each league to make the playoffs. I don't know that that makes your sport better. 3-1-4. The Braves didn't go for it. They picked up a bunch of people off the scrap heap to see how it would go, and it worked out perfectly. Well, that's going. Yeah, I mean, it's going for it. You could have stood pat and not done anything and said, well, we'll wait for maybe Marcelo Zuna to come off his suspension. There was talk that that may happen. Um, we can wait around for this guy to be uh, available and healthy for us to pitch. It, well, no, they they went out and and made sure that they uh, filled the deficiencies that they had in their outfield. It's amazing that they had a different outfield in the World Series and they had an opening day and their bullpen was reconstructed as well. I, I just think um, I like the idea. I think if you were in it and you got to October, you would like it. I do. I probably would. I would change my tune. It's just like college football playoff expansion. I, I think they should go to eight. I, I don't think they should go to 12. If they go to 12, I'm going to enjoy it. Like, I, yeah. I know how I am, and I'll be sitting there watching these games, and it'll be super exciting. I'll be like, I can't believe that I, I once upon a time thought this would be a bad idea. Of course it's a good idea. We will get to the end of the year, and you'll see some of these teams that are on the up and up. They had a great September. You're like, man, nobody wants to pay, face that team. They're the seventh team in the in the league right now, and they're going to be a tough out in the first round. I get all of that entirely. I wonder if it's going to change the way that some teams construct their rosters going into the year. And I think that if you decide to do this, Dan, there has to be a way for the league to emphasize and value winning, winning your division. Yes and getting at the top of the league. There so has I, to be tangible reason why you want to attain that status, as opposed to just, oh, it would be really cool for us to win 105 games you, this year. You don't think a bye would do that? You don't think home field advantage would do that? I don't know. I I, I don't know, because I don't know how much value it's placed on right now. Uh, maybe the bye would. I, I think avoiding that sure, first round would. should help, because that's a 50-50 shot. Um, but there's so few teams that are going to be able to attain that. I, what about the other teams that are winning their division every year? and getting that second or third seed, that's where it gets tossed. So the bye or being the best overall record would give you a chance to then line up uh, Max Scherzer game one, Jacob deGrom game two, because you were going for it at the end of the season and you had to pitch Scherzer uh, on Saturday and deGrom was going on Sunday at the final weekend of the regular season. Now you get that time off and they get to line it up. And look what happened this year. Max Scherzer couldn't pitch by the end of the year. Um the other part of this, too, is the money. You know, there's playoff shares for the players, so you're going to get that. You're going to get the TV money into the coffers of the owners. You're going to get more of a gate revenue. So oh, the, you're, the you're TV money is going to be yeah, huge I mean, for you're, this. You're talking about, then, a way to potentially generate more money into the game. And that's, you know, as I always say in sports, I mean, for God's sakes, if you're not following college football right now or baseball, follow the money. This is about money, man. And so how do we make more money? How do we squeeze more out of this? And this is coming. Like, it, whether I like it or not, or our text line. I just don't line, like the format in particular. That's fair. And I, I don't think you'll end up seeing the top seeds picking the, the lower seeds in the postseason. I don't think that's something we will see. Um, but I, I am... I'm very curious to see what the reception is once we see this for the first time. I yeah. am also curious what this means. Well, let me. Did, didn't you enjoy the 2020 postseason, even I minus did, the fans was... and all the stuff? I, I know it was kind of gimmicky, and we only had 60 games of a regular season. It wasn't a true feeling of that 160. That was the tough part. But at least I felt like at that time, 
We had something on the line. We, you know what I mean? We, we, we've been dying for sports. We finally got it, and now we got something on the line. And this is the best to make of it. So I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was the right thing to do for that season because there was no runway and here, but for here's teams a, to be able to take off. So I love, like anybody else, the NCAA tournament. And you give me those first two days of the NCAA tournament, and I'm sitting at home at 11 o'clock, and I hear, dun, 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 and I'm watching it till 1130 at night. That's kind of how I felt with baseball. It felt like the NC because I'm such a baseball fan, and I know not everybody is, but I was just so into it. And so um, everything meant something. And to have games that were staggered at noon, another game at three, another game at six, and a West Coast game at nine, uh, I like that. I, I just I found it was fun. I found it intriguing. Um, and I think people would grow to enjoy it because. Remember when we first got the wild card, there are a lot of people that are like, oh, how can you do this? This is terrible. Now I can't think of baseball without it because it keeps teams it's a viable sport because of it. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got a chance to get in. It's viable. Um, so I, I, I think that that would happen with this by expanding the playoff format. I don't like how they do it, but it, getting more teams into it, I think is a good thing. I, I hope you're right. My, my only concern, and this is so I've got a few concerns. My biggest one, though, would be there are going to be a lot of teams that try to get to 84 or 85 wins. And I, I I don't like the idea of instead of shooting for 90 to 95 plus having these owners, GMs, front offices who we know that they are putting together their projections well, on what it's going to take then of some sort in the sport. I mean, right now, Max Scherzer is going to make more than three teams combined it's payroll. It's terrible. We, you we, know? I know there's a lot of talk, and I've been part of it, of look at what's going on the last couple of days. How can the sport shut down as a result? Well, the problem is there's also other teams. Like, look at what the Pirates are doing Baltimore. quietly. They're, they also just traded away Jacob Stallings. Like, a, a lot of these teams are just completely bottoming out. The Cubs are about to do the same thing. You know, we haven't even mentioned, there's ARB guys now coming up today. So there's a deadline for those players um, like a John Means is out there potentially for Baltimore. They're not sure they're going to bring him back. Think about that. I got to spend the money on that guy. He threw a no hitter this year against Boston. If, if they don't, that's a, a massive problem. Like yeah. they, you, that, that'd be absurd. He, there, he has legit trade value. Yes. So not bringing him back is, is crazy. And so that's the point that you're trying to make is yeah. how do you let guys like that go? They've had other players and it's been like a rebuild now for the last three years they've talked about. And I was looking back at some of the trades and players that they had. There were some good players that they had. And that's the part that you're talking about. You can't have, you can't go into a season with a $40 million payroll when the, the Dodgers are at 280 or 300 or whatever the Yankees are going to be. Yankees, by the way, may not tender Luke Voigt. Yep. He could be, I mean, there's a, there's some big names that are out there. They got to make a decision <clears throat> on their catching situation. Colin Moran was just non-tendered yesterday. Yes, he's by the, he's by a the good Pirates. player. Like yeah. he can, he can really hit righties. And if the Cardinals decided to go after him, I would say that's a pretty good signing. Yeah. Like that, those are the types of guys that could be non-tendered over the next 24 hours or so. And there's going to be good players available after this CBA is up. By the way, I, I saw this just a minute ago, Dan, to bring us down right before we end the show. Uh, Bob Nightingale said that the meeting between the owners and the MLBPA today lasted just about 30 minutes or so, and then everybody decided to go their separate ways. Yeah, I think they're down in Dallas. Is that right? Yeah, I and think I think so. the meetings continued tomorrow and the next day, and they did meet yesterday. And, you know, they're far apart on some of these things. But I, I think, like we said with Ricky, they, they cannot be this dumb to shut the game down, not when these kind of numbers are being thrown out to the players. And, by the way, I don't see owners selling. Do you? They're, they're making a ton of money. That's, Look, what, that's the point. Steve is that, Cohen got into this for a reason. He's not stupid. You can think whatever you want of him as a person. 
He's Your Kansas City Royals sold for a billion dollars. Yeah. So there's money in the sport. And that's like figured out five smallest markets in baseball. It's it's wild. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you have your great show coming up with Alex Ferrario, and I'm looking forward to it. There's so much to get into. A lot of it is the business side of sports. Yeah, looking forward to this. So coming up here in just a little bit, we'll talk about what the Cardinals' plans are over the next 24 hours or so. Are, are they done for now, or are they going to bring in another reliever? They're is there done. a bat? Yeah, done. For the next 24 hours? Yeah, I think we're going to see something. Okay. I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't talked to anybody. I'm just, the way that I've seen them operate business over the last uh, 20 years, I would say, and again, I have not heard from anybody, but I bet they want to get this thing done before this deadline so that they know what they have when this thing on the other side of the CBA. That would be my guess. I think we're going to see a reliever signed. So That's, we'll that, get that into that would be my guess. We'll get into that on the other side. We will also be talking to Steven Matz, the first big Again, money. I have no deal. idea. I mean, if you're listening to me, I mean, what the hell? I, I would be sixty million over budget and we'd be in the bottom. I would have Carlos Correa on the phone right now. <laughs> right. We'd be I signing mean, him to a ten year three hundred and twenty million dollar deal. Yeah. We might talk about that as well. I have no insight, but that's my guess. Steven Matt's coming up at twelve forty five as well. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, buddy. Good stuff. That is uh, BK. That's Tanner. I'm Danny Mack, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at ten. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com energyaudit energy audit.